0: and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. My name's Tom Christie, and I'm delighted to be joined today by one of my oldest friends. You're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen, because when it comes to animation, graphic design, illustration, and literacy, especially child literacy, then there's no one who knows more about these things than my good friend, live from the great volunteer state of Tennessee, Mr. Alex Tucker. Uh, hello. Alex, how you doing?
1: Oh, I am. I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's a gorgeous, beautiful, sunny day outside. It is just. Uh, we've had gloomy weather for three days in uh, in a row, and just not more than thirty five minutes ago, and uh, the clouds parted. Just in, oh, in fact, uh, I'm so happy that it's sunny that I'm just going to go ahead and quit right now and just go back outside. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i wish i could say the same about scotland but it is scotland so i can't it is
1: scotland <laughs> oh gosh uh you, you know it is I, I i will never ever attempt a scottish accent i i've tried it uh, a couple of times and it, of course it's no don't do that never do that certainly don't do that around a a scotsman and don't do it around a glaswegian <laughs> it's hazardous to one's health so i will never attempt a, a scottish accent yeah. uh, well, I, i've discovered that much to my surprise i have a a decent irish or Irish an i know accent but you know <laughs> you should really only do that uh, in a in an irish pub on saint patrick's day where <laughs> sensibly you can give the excuse that you've had a wee bit too much of the too much of the beast. And so you can just wink and nod. All right, well, you get away with it this once. But only this once, Will.
0: So. <laughs> so, believe it or not, we've known each other for just over 17 years. I do believe that, We've seen some changes in that time, have we not?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, and this is an election year, and I'm... Mm, well, I don't know, I... I, I will not I will not discuss what's going on under the circumstances, but it's I've got a bad bad feeling in the pit of my stomach and I can't stay away from the news, but I want to
0: well but even aside from politics, when we look at the pop culture, when we look at publishing, when we look at the way that literacy and libraries are, uh, are, are being handled now, you know how they're represented in the press, how people use them, things have changed. Some ways for for you know for good and other ways not so good, right?
1: Yeah, I I I I honestly don't know what to say. Um, we've been very lucky, uh, and uh, it, our small little uh, library is kept under the radar in this and and exactly we want to keep it. Um, but it's it's politically, it's the atmosphere is just so supercharged. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's sort of. I can explain this, it. you know, that, that, that smell of, you know, where the ions are charged after an electrical storm mm. and and it's that sort of thing where it's just, it's, it permeates everything. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, I, I, wish I, I wish I could say that I, I've been getting a good night's sleep, uh, but I haven't. <laughs> so. Uh, but at any rate, um, yeah, I'm, uh, here to discuss, uh, uh, a few, uh, graphic novels. And some mm-hmm. favorite authors of mine, who I, I think uh, deserve some uh, some love. Uh, one uh, young, uh, Scottish author, uh, as a matter of fact, who has uh, who has done a wonderful web comic um, called uh, Twistwood Tales," mm-hmm. and uh, I I highly recommend this. Uh, it's uh, it's a, for all ages uh, web comic, and uh, I will uh, make sure to send the link. Um, Right now that being uh, published, he's being published through Andrews McNeil. I don't know much about the author himself, other than he is Scottish. He mm-hmm. you was know, by the name AC McDonald. Yep. Macdonald, And uh he's purposely left his own bio uh vague. <laughs> it's just he simply enjoys the woods mm-hmm. and he's Scottish and that's it. Uh but uh he he uh tells uh Fairy tales, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, say, uh, the characters of a bucket boy, uh, a young boy with a bucket for a head. Uh, and, uh, you know, different ghosts and goblins. And um, uh, I have a copy of the book right here. It is mm-hmm. wonderful. I highly recommend it to anyone and everyone. Uh, because, like I said, it is all ages. Uh, not scary, not creepy, just a little twisted. Mm-hmm. And um, uh it's uh, the artwork is just it's beautiful. it's that that clear line style it's um it's it's I guess the word I'm looking for is friendly. yeah and and it is just a nice warm feeling in the pit of your stomach uh, at, at, at the end of it. Um, highly recommended. um also recommend uh, uh, Ted Nafa's Witch for hire mm-hmm. uh, Ted has been doing um, I suppose um, how can I put it, sort of a cutesy slash gothic um, artwork for a very long time. Uh, he did a series called Courtney Crumbren, uh that was very popular, and uh, this uh, is a Witch for Hire. It is a young adult novel, um, about a teen witch named Faye Falkner, and uh, she does not make a lot of friends at her high school. <laughs> and, uh, uh, things happen. Um, uh, she's, uh, basically, uh, sort of beset by the popular, by the popular girl in school and framed for crimes she did not commit. And, um, again, highly recommended, uh, for all ages. Um, uh, yep. you know, um, uh, we do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of youth literacy in our library. And we uh, make a point of trying to get as many young people to come in as possible. I'm happy to say that you know there are there are versions uh, now of uh, Shirley Jackson's The Lottery and um, Watership Down. Um, these are uh, they've been converted to graphic novels, and they've they've and, been and converted very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt Vonnegut's um, Slaughterhouse Five. Um, that is is absolutely the, the best adaptation I, I've ever seen, even better than the movie. And he loved the movie, by his own admission. Um, the I would recommend those to to any uh, young person who uh, they, they want to dip their fingers into uh, into the world of uh, classics. Um, gosh, uh, I there, there's there's an awful lot out there. Um, I, that i did not think i would ever see adapted um so we we make a point of trying to get as many young uh, folks as we can we do um and i my little library we do a, a story time for preschoolers uh, every tuesday and uh, that's where i get a chance to to really shine i i have to say that is my favorite part of my job hmm. is getting a chance to uh, to read to the young young ones and getting a chance to pull puppets out or getting a chance to do as many silly voices as possible. you know, uh, animation's always been uh, one of my great passions. I love, love um, getting a chance to do any kind of cartoon voices that I can. <laughs> so you know, anything from uh, the wonky donkey to the to the blood blood fish, you know, um, I'm babbling. so. Uh, ask a question ask anything let's let's break it up um,
0: i mean when you're talking to younger kids younger readers um what do you think is uh, fueling the creative drive now i mean what do you find that they're enthusiastic to talk about or what do you find is sort of cropping up in their own creative work um
1: well in in the case of uh, teens uh, or or tweens they really love um they really seem to love you know teen characters that and they can pour themselves into they they're always looking for somebody some character that's like that's me so you know i gosh uh neil patrick harris mm-hmm. uh the wonderful neil patrick harris he has a a series of young adult uh young adult uh, novels that uh, he's come he's come out with at least two volumes so far um he's a magician mm-hmm uh which you know uh i know that he managed to go ahead and throw a couple of those in in there as a in the character of count Olaf in the netflix uh version of um a series of unfortunate events um i have to look up the title on that one you know i apologize because here's the thing i make a point of making sure i have my homework done and i i'm afraid that i simply just did not do my homework uh on <laughs> this one, gosh darn it. Um yeah, I like that Uh but yeah. Uh let's see. It's uh, about a uh, da, 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 the magic misfits. That's it. Uh, we have a we have a couple of volumes of that and uh, those have been very popular. Um well, anything anything has to do with uh, just anything where kids can see themselves as the main character. Yeah. No. So I, you know, there's there's this, there's just this train of thought among older folks uh, that uh, kids are not reading, but I, they're reading more than they ever have. They're simply doing it one text at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, you know. mentioned earlier about uh, web comics. I mean, that's a terrific way of getting your work noticed and getting it out to a you know, potentially very wide audience. Um, mm-hmm. Over here, we have, uh, you know, legendary DC comics, well, DC Thompson comic um, called The Dandy, um, which was produced oh, yeah. in the forties and was uh, for many, many years uh, popular with kids everywhere in the UK. Um, and now that's gone online. So, I mean, you can only access it um, you know, via the website. Um, and it, I think that's opened people's eyes to just how popular web comics are and just how effective a medium it has become uh, when it comes to graphic novels.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I I think it's actually uh really, really just leveled the playing field. Uh and you know, uh when it comes to getting kids engaged, um they 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 want the the visual feedback as well. That's that's the thing that a comic can can give you that you can't from a novel when you always when you always hear and this is someone I I, I do love a good novel. I, I do love a, a wonderful uh, nonfiction book uh but at the same rate you know it's just there's something that he said about there's a new adaptation of the hobbit
0: hmm.
1: right now you know how many people have i'm, I'm sure just about everybody has, has has seen the trilogy at some point but it just it makes a huge difference when you have a description mm-hmm. of an orc army and you see an orc army so you know it, it just it helps. The visuals yeah. All, all Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean,
0: how, how do you feel about audio adaptations, you know, audio books, be it spoken word or be it full cast dramas? I mean, do you think there's increasing popularity now when it comes to these kind of mediums, especially now that they're available on online?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are, uh, say, for Audible. Um, but, you know, the fact that Audible, uh, that they've made a push. To create more content, uh, you know, and and they're and they're getting big names. For instance, uh, at the same time, at the same time that uh, Netflix uh, came up with the adaptation of the first season of uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, you know, they've already done not one or two but three different uh, three volumes of uh, of Game and San, uh, Sandman, and there's you know, there's no reason that that they shouldn't finish those. Uh, I love listening to them. And I think they're just as popular as uh, as podcasts. Um, you know, it's so funny. Would it be something to find out that in fact that this was uh, the closest thing that we've had to uh, researching some radio? People saying that radio was a dead medium and uh, audio, you know, audio plays or are, are simply don't exist. And then you and then you listen uh, if you've had a chance, by the way, to listen to James McAvoy as. As Morpheus, it's 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 worth your while. Um, but uh, he, uh, um, Gaiman, you know, he seemed to be just anxious to get it out as many different formats as possible. And uh, I have to say, it it's it's been really heartening to see a lot of um, a lot of patrons uh, checking out uh, books on CD and uh, we, ha- we 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 all we are partnered with Hoopla, our little library and so we uh, have a lot of uh, a lot of people downloading uh things from there as well yeah so i like i mean it's it, it, it isn't it, it's just interesting uh the great thing about uh, listening to something on audio is that it, I, you can listen to it and still manage to i hate to say i hate to use the word multitask i i I love the word multitask i i i think if it's people in in a bad habits uh thinking that they should juggle two things at once when you shouldn't necessarily but there is something to be said about this society you know we do whether or not we like it or not we, we do especially in america have have this mindset to do as many multiple things at once to get as much out of the day as possible and so If uh, if a podcast, if a book on audio is successful, if that gets people absorbing content, I'm all for it.
0: Now, here's a question. When you think about multimedia, it's impossible not to think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And you look at these movies, you know, starting with Iron Man and moving through all of these various different um, characters, many of whom are decades old because of their origins in the comic books. Um, we now have, of course, the TV spin-offs. We have video games. We have audio dramas, and of course, it's brought so many people into the comic books who perhaps might not have been aware of them beforehand. So you really do have these narratives spanning all of these different creative media. Do you yeah. think this is sort of laying the groundwork for for future franchises, or do you think things are going to look different in some way? Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um,
1: uh... You know, Mark Russell, the, uh, the the he's a wonderful humor writer. Um, he was given carte blanche uh, to recreate certain Hanna Barbera characters uh, as he saw fit. So uh, he 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 redid the Flintstones uh, as a eight or twelve issue maxi series. Uh, it was meant to be. It was just simply meant to be a limited series. It was it was nothing more than him doing a social commentary. On anything and everything that was interesting to him, and he just did it under the guise of the Flintstones. And it's a very melancholy book. It's funny. It's funny as all get out. You know, uh the character of the Great Gazoo we find out is really not much more than a game warden. You know, prehistoric bedrock is essentially just a um a game a game preserve to these aliens. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, he also redid Snagglepuss as. Uh, as uh, both a commentary on McCarthyism in the 1950s and uh, the the Pink Scare, um, uh, which, you know, um, a lot of LGBTQ uh, IA people are really under major assault these days. So it's, it's just as relevant as ever. Mm. Um, but it's so interesting that you bring that up because uh, when it comes to Marvel, um, there's a mentality that's going on in uh and on their end in the actual comic publishing and that everything that they produce has to be an event you know and um when we were younger uh comics fans it was it was just well we're just going to read part of this story and it's just going to go on as far as it goes on you know uh, spider-man's having trouble paying the rent you know so then the next issue he, he fights dr octopus and he still has trouble paying the rent <laughs> <laughs> And but now it's uh, now it's I, I i just can't explain it, it's it's a it's a marketing decision mm-hmm. on, on in terms of uh in terms of marvel itself um because what you're seeing on the screen you know on both the television shows and on the movies are, are stories that came out a while back Mm-hmm. You know, so those are longer-form stories that have been truncated and uh, and put into uh, bite-sized forms that you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. But those stories have been told. And and so I feel terrible for comics writers now because now they're being forced by, uh, by the publishers. It's like, well, you've got to make an event. This mm-hmm. has got to be something special. And, you know if if you go into a comic book store if you look on the on the racks you'll you'll see oh here's another retelling of batman's origin and here's another retelling of batman's origin and robin's origin and catwoman's origin and why why are we going through this over and over again we already know them just tell the stories well, yeah. because they now have to get as many people as eye, many eyeballs as they can as much traffic uh and uh, they've just hit upon the idea that everything has to be something special. And I, I think it's going to, I think it's inviting them now, mm. uh, because now, now they're, they're put themselves into a major corner. It's like, if, if everything is special, nothing's special. Mm. So where do we go from here? You know, you know, I, I think eventually if these things are cyclical and they'll, they'll simply go back to storytelling.
0: Yeah. So yeah
1: which is what they should have done all along
0: (laughs) well one final question because it would be remiss of me not to ask and that is where do you think storytelling is going next because some people would have you believe it's holographics some people would have you believe it's deep fakes or it's virtual reality and other people are saying with all of these technological advancements we're probably going to see a return to the tried and tested forms of storytelling that we've always had—be it mm-hmm. oral storytelling, be it books, be it graphic novels—what um, do you think? Is it going to be a mixture of all these things, or do you think we're going to see a definitive trend?
1: I don't know. I, 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 I worry about AI. Um, I mean, so far, so far, the the AI is is still advancing as we speak, and. Uh so far it's it's clunky enough that you can you can usually tell what's been written by a bot hmm. and what's what's been written by a human. Uh, but that gap is closing and closer and closer every day. I honestly don't know because I I worry. I worry about journalism. I, I worry about journalists, uh and you know, journalism as a career, we really truly need great great journalists because they don't just tell the truth. They also, they also do it in a compelling manner. They, they realize for better or worse, that they are telling a story. You know, they, they simply shouldn't, don't make things up, but do, do, do it, in a, tell it in a compelling manner. And I, I worry about AI a lot. Um, so far, when it comes to artwork, you can tell what bad artwork looks like because AI is. You can just tell. There's this synthetic quality about it, hmm. and and the, the same can be said about uh, writing, um, because uh, it's just it's clunky. The prose is clunky. It, you, you look at you, you read it, and it's like no 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 no. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know you you'll, you'll just know it. It's going to become smooth. So I I don't know. I think there's always going to be room for. Anybody who's a real creative person, you know, when it comes to writing, drawing, um, there's always going to be room for those who can do the real job. There's always going to be a taste for the real thing. Um, but there's also going to be, you know, people who make the money and who uh, write the checks. And they're going to go with AI as it gets better. And they're simply just going to say, why do I need a human being? and that was the whole point of the of the, of the hollywood strikes that you know was you're replacing these people these creatives and they know it too and so at the very least they're trying to protect themselves in the future they've seen the writing on the wall they know you know 5 years from now we could be having a very we'll probably be having a very different discussion about oh ai writing yes you know they are this is yeah, so much better that we just don't need writers anymore. I don't know. I hate being pessimistic um, about that. So I, I I got my fingers crossed that there's always going to be taste for the real thing. And yeah. people will know the
0: difference. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 100%, I hope you're right. Because I think 2030 is the date when they believe a computer will be capable of writing a, a novel that's indistinguishable from a human being. Uh, mm-hmm. So that seems to be the that seems to be the deadline to watch.
1: I've heard that. I believe it. I, I I believe it. And so now I'm. I'm. You know, it's like, oh, this is now. Oh, well, that's so far away. It's six years. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so far away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless I, 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 I wonder how um, Asimov yeah, and um, other writers, you know. Of 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 the day, how how they would have felt about it? And it's like, did they foresee this happening?
0: Yes, yeah, that's an interesting one because when you look at those golden age sci fi writers of the nineteen fifties, there's a very interesting mix of the the definitively analog and the you know quite definitively futuristic. Uh, so you have, for instance, you know, in, in Asimov's Foundation trilogy, you have people still using wind up watches. Tens of thousands of years from now, um, and yet he's able to say so much about artificial intelligence and how robot brains might work and things like that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating melange of the two different different extremes.
1: Well, I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, uh, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Uh, you know, which which are you, glass full or glass empty when it comes to you know to artificial writing?
0: I would say my glass is probably exactly half full and half empty uh, because on one hand I think the, the the beauty of it is the fact that um, a computer can never accurately tell a human story. It can tell a very close approximation of it um, but uh, one of the books that were published in the last few years was uh, The Grocer's Boy uh, which is all about uh, the, the author's story of um, life in, in retail, working in the 1950s up until about 2005, I think. And um, the interesting thing about that is you could get an AI to generate a book about working in retail in Scotland, but only he could tell his story of what life was like, the people he met, the various different things that were happening at the time and in, in politics and in culture and in society generally. Um, so I would like to think, just as you've mentioned, there's always an appetite. For that kind of material, um, a computer might closely approximate it, but if it's not entirely factual, um, I think it will struggle to reflect its own individual experiences. Until, of course, AI becomes conscious, in which case it becomes a different story entirely.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I thought we passed
0: the date for Skynet. Uh, I, I
1: thought I thought we are okay. No. <laughs>
0: well alex it's been a genuine pleasure to speak to you today about so many really far-reaching concepts um it's always great to talk to you to hear your thoughts about these things um your great country is very lucky to have you and well, all of these many many different views that you have on so many topics
1: well i just wish we had more time to discuss you know so many other things i uh yeah i would love to to sit and talk about uh uh, graphic novels, further, but I, there are certain things I, I I would love to talk to you about uh, about editing, uh, you know, and, and you know, something along the line. I would love to actually get a chance to talk about that because there's a uh, great book by uh, this uh, this woman, Shelley Bond, and uh, she was the uh, editor in chief at Vertigo DC, and uh, she was one of uh, the editors for uh, Bill Willingham's Fables and and for uh, sandman and uh, she's written a book uh, basically she calls it the comic book editor's secret handbook and it's everything that you need to know to really truly make a comic book from something that's good to something great that ai could never ever do in a hopefully hopefully million years but (laughs) ten maybe. (laughs) uh you know i hope we get a chance to talk about this uh, again soon i would love to uh just sit and just Typicate. And this has been an absolute pleasure and I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day.
0: Oh, thank you so much for being here. And I think you may have set a date for a future episode. So if you're watching at home or listening at home, uh, I think you should uh, watch out for further installments in the months to come. But in the meantime, <laughs> thanks so much, Alex, for having been here. And uh, I hope if you're uh, listening that uh, you'll come back and join us again soon.
1: If you would like to find out more about advertising on the extremist publishing podcast, please visit their website at www.extremistpublishing.com for details.